Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. Indie Game Business is recorded live on Mixer and produced by the Powell Group. Check us out at IndieGame.Business. Now, let's start the show with your hosts, Jay Powell and me, Indie. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and we've got a sparkly background in the back. And the gentleman on the right next to me right over here, that's Mr. J. What game is that in the background, Mr. J. Powell? From uh, uh, I've, Consulting? I've, I've been playing Pillars of Eternity, too. So I grabbed a, a, a screenshot from that because I like the woods. You just have to ignore all the UI on there. Just ignore the UI. This was, uh, we're having trouble streaming to LinkedIn. <sighs> Wonderful. Have you got yeah. the um, frame rate set right? Uh, I I mean, it's you can't do that on this. So, uh, so anyway. Yeah, so welcome to Indie Game Business. And we are here. We're talking about uh, um, how to make your studio stand out at a virtual conference. And we are going to be answering questions. So if you have some random questions about anything, we would love to talk about them. So. <laughs> So, yeah, we had a, a wonderful guest lined up today, and then they had to cancel. Uh, we're going to have them later this month, I believe, while they're rescheduling. So, in the meantime, last night, we were like, okay, so what are we going to talk about? And we posted on Discord and said, what, what do you all want to hear about? And one of the options was, you know, someone said they have been going to a lot of these digital conferences, and there are so many of them now, including ours, that they weren't sure how to make their company stand out. And I said, well, that's something that we can absolutely speak about because that's what we do. So given how many of these things are out there right now, there are a lot of digital conferences. And like we, you know, we said a couple of months ago, it's a fantastic opportunity for developers to get out there and really get in front of a lot of people that you wouldn't be able to get in front of, you know, any other way and you could do it cheaper. I think at one point we looked at back in May, you could go to every digital conference through the end of August for cheaper than you can send one person to a traditional GDC. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that that's yeah. what we were, that's what we're looking at. You know, it's, how can, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, yes, it's much easier to go to digital conferences than it was to go to physical conferences, but at the same time, it's also easier for everybody else. So now you are, you know, stuck in this big overcrowded meeting room, basically, and you need to make yourself stand out. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and I'm going to actually take you through, sorry, folks on the podcast, you're not gonna be able to see this. But if you go to any of the video versions that we have, we're going to have it on here. So what I'm going to do is actually go through our meet to match event and show you under my account like how we do this uh i didn't realize we're like a month from the show and we have yeah. 231 companies signed up already for our event wow um, to put that in perspective the ones that we had last year before everybody you know finally started listening and, and saying that this was a good thing. We would have a hundred to 150 companies and I would be thrilled. And a month out, 
we have 231 already signed up. So that's awesome. Um, so let's look at, you know, first and foremost, which event should you be going to? Which one should you be investing your time and money in? It's not an easy answer. But to me, it always comes down to, at the end of the day, how easy is it to use their system? How effective is it? It doesn't do you any good to go and, you know, sign up for whatever conference it is. If at the end of the day, you can't find the people you want to work with, you can't find the people to do meetings with. So when we started doing this, we started researching digital conferences at the end of 2018 before we did our first one. And I sat down and because we had used a lot of these meeting services at traditional events for years, I knew who the major players were. Uh, but I immediately went to meet to match because they are the ones whose system is the easiest to use. Um, I'm not going to go a deep dive into my issues with the rest of them, but it basically comes down to it's too difficult to find who you want to meet with. You know, their, their systems, you know, aren't clear or it lets you, you know, click on too many things or it's not clear what people are signed up as. GDCs is the worst. <laughs> and I don't say that just because, you know, I do beat up on GDC a lot on this show, but it is one of those things that they just, it's, it's horrible. You can't, they don't have the category set up right. If you're a developer and looking for a publisher, you can't find one. Uh, if you're outsourcing and looking for support, or if you are an outsourcing studio, it's next to impossible to find who you want to meet with. So when we do it, you know, we sit down and we say, okay, who are the major people that are going to be at the, sh the show? I mean, at most conferences, you're going to end up with developers, publishers, service providers. That's going to account for about 80% of the people that are there. Then you'll have investors, uh, marketing teams, things like that. Uh, and they should all be classified. Now, the thing to keep in mind is the service provider companies, all these ad monetization companies and, you know, different tech companies that have an SDK they want you to install, they go in and typically check every single box because that's one of the things that you have to do to make sure you stand out is make sure you're properly classified in the system. And these companies go through and, you know, check tick every single box that's there. And so they'll show up in all the ratings basically. So let me see, bear with me for a second because I haven't done a share screen yet. Yeah, just click the bottom, says share screen and then it should help you out there. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. All right. So. One, when you use Meet to Match, which is what we use for all of our events, then your profile is saved. But when you first come in, there's two things that you have to do. If you've ever been to one before, or even if you're new, go to my profile. Fill it out. Fill it out. All right. So there should be an option. So you have to go down here to edit. Marco, hey. we miss you too, buddy. I, uh, <laughs> hey, Marco. Marco. <laughs> There, 
know, what there used to be. So it's still pulling it. It used to say just like retrieve your old whatever. Um, choose file, choose file. All right, so that should update. Let me double check. Yeah. Fill okay. it so, out clear because, you know, if you're going to go and want to talk to people, you're going to read their profile and see what they're all about, what they want, why they're there, what they do. And you want people to have the easy access to your information. So fill it out. There, you'll be surprised oh what you God. want when you go to them. How many people or companies do not fill their stuff out? Too many. All of them. No, a lot of them. So please just fill it out. It just makes it so much easier. And it only takes you like five or 10 minutes. And if you've already got that information somewhere on your LinkedIn or whatever, you know, it's simple. Copy pasta. Copy. You like yeah. how Jay uses the I much do. older, better looking picture? Right. Oh, I that do. is rude. Oh, I should update that. Um, that's my pro that's my professional. Uh, look, I am at an event because you can see the ads behind me. Uh -huh. I have the I'm, other. I'm, one. I'm I'm dropping wisdom. Wisdom is what it is. The that's the other one that I use now is the one that they took when I was at the ALES conference down in Lima. And so there's a little sign beside me, and depending on what photo, what like how it crops it for whatever platform. Sometimes it'll say Senior Powell. And I just love that. I love being Senior Powell. Um, so, yes, yeah, so like, like first things first, fill out your damn profile. It is absolutely infuriating when we have people come in to these shows and they don't cost as much anymore. Some of them still do. Some of them cost two or $300. And, you know, if a digital event wants to charge that, that's, you know, that's fine. That's, that's their, you know, choice, but don't fall for that whole, well, we have to charge this much because the, uh, because of our costs and things like that. No, the costs to run a digital event are tiny compared to running a real one. So that's not the case. You know, our tickets start at, we have like, a hundred tickets that we sell at 50 bucks. And then we had, then when those get gone there, it's going to move to 60, then it's 70 until, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, keep in mind, we had 900 and some people at our March event. So the, the tickets can go up pretty quick if you don't go ahead and get one, no pressure. Um, but the people that go on and they're paying or, you know, maybe a trade organization gave them a pass. So because we have that a lot too. trade organizations come to us and they're like, hey, look, we have 15 studios that want to go. And of course, we cut them a deal on prices. But, you know, they have this opportunity and then they never bother to fill out their profile. If you're not filling out your profile, you're missing the point because that is absolutely the first thing you have to do. Um, so. It's got, you know, the different, uh, let's go back into the edit thing. You've got the different things that you fill out. This one right here, your company profile is absolutely the number one most important thing that you have to get honed. This one is the second one. The describe what your company is looking for. These are the things that pop up when people do searches. And so that's what you want to make sure that you've got nailed down. Now, you also need to come down and tick these little check boxes on what you are, but be honest about it. For God's sakes, don't go through here and click all of these things just to show up in all the searches because that annoys people 
and they'll just ignore you. Uh, if you're looking for an investment, you can click that stuff here. This is the deal size. This is a really, really good one. And so when we are you know, talking about how you go about getting some of this information on publishers, uh, we, we talk about that a lot when we go and, and I do the webinar on how to find a publisher. It's like, you know, you need to categorize your publishers by the size of deal that they do. You can go through the chart at our event and say, oh, OK, look, this publisher is looking for deals up to two million dollars or they're looking for deals only up to 50K. That's some of that data that you can grab and you can understand. And then, you know, you go through, go through here. So what we primarily are looking for as the Powell group is developers and publishers that need help. We don't need investors. You know, we don't we have PR and marketing taken care of. We don't need the other stuff in there. This is what you're looking for. This is where you put what you are. Um, and of course, you know, we're, we're in other business service. <laughs> so let me get that saved and get back. So the reason I say that, you know, this is what is so important is because when you go to your searches and this is just, we, we haven't done a, a specific search, but this is your search for, uh, just when you click on the attendees and you see the three things that it pops or two is the company profile and what you're interested in. Now, when you're filling out that company profile, it says you have 256 characters, I believe. And then for the is interested in, you have 512. The reality though, is not all of that shows up here. So you've got about two sentences to make it abundantly clear to people what you're doing and what you're interested in, because this is what we look at. When I sit down and I go through, you know, a client, say I got a client that's looking for publishing, they need $200,000. Um, we'll tick those three and we search. So already at the show, we've got 36 developers, I mean, publishers who are, you know, looking to do deals in the $300,000 range. Now, here's like the first problem. Alta, they're listed as a publisher, but they're not a publisher. You know, they are actually looking for publishers. So they shouldn't have that ticked. I mean, there's no short of us going through and like manually editing all these things. We can't on the back end solve this problem, but these are things you shouldn't be doing. Um, it's the same with this one. We've got several companies in here who aren't actually publishers, um, but but this is what you've got. And so it only shows like those first two or three sentences. And that's where so you can't have like this big old long drawn out soliloquy about you know your game because nobody's going to see it you need to hit the important stuff right there so look at what you know 101 says worldwide game publisher for pc mobile browser games they've been at 10 years they've launched more than 50 web pc games and you can go to the details and get you know more there but that's an example of what you want to do to make it abundantly clear from the get-go. Um, so let me see, and I'm not watching chat or Discord. So if um, if somebody's got a question, let me know, Andy. Um, 
All right, so let's go and say, where's my reset button? There. All right, so now we are a developer. No, wait, hold on. Yeah, we are a developer. I had to think through this. We're a publisher. We're looking for developers. So this is what, you know, you're going to, this is what a publisher is going to see when they're looking up your stuff on on the project uh you're looking for console i don't know pc portable game consoles and you don't need an investment you don't need any of that you got muted i muted myself there you go oh. <laughs> my my Nothing. son, my son has a, a beta now. Uh, not not a not a game in beta. Fish. Apparently, we have we have a fish in the house now. Um, that should be fun. Anyway, so uh, all right, so now we're a publisher and we're looking for for you as the developer. Did I do? I didn't do that right, did I? Looking for development. So why is it showing me the same? Oh, I need to click the companies that I'm searching for are developers. I had to click that. Let's just not complicate it right now. So we've got 73, a month out, we have 73 developers that are already in here and looking for meetings. The reason that that is significant is because sales and tickets and people joining digital events don't really spike until you know much closer to the show like the, the final two weeks before the show so we're going to probably end up with well over 150 developers at least uh that are going to be here so you need to make sure that you're standing out above everybody else that when a publisher sees this or they're looking for contract work and they find you that they do it immediately so you've got like we said two sentences so we can go through, we're a brand new st startup with big ambition, experienced talent, working on core multiplayer focused games. That's a good company profile. That is interested in is a little vague, you know, looking to build relationships with early stage investors and publishers for future games. So it's not 100% clear, are they looking for investments and publishers for this one or for stuff down the line? And that's that's something that you need to tweak. You need to work on because, you know, there was, <laughs> yeah, Danny, Danny, there's always a new one. Um, always, always a new one. This this is ambiguous. You know, you're you're not 100 percent sure. So let's scroll down. Let's yeah, see. the whole point is to make it easy for people that are reading because they're looking at this right when you go and you're trying to make meetings you're looking and like you said there's 72 of these right you're not are you going to take the time and and read every single word and every single profile and click on it you're not you you're gonna you're gonna scroll through it really fast and just look for keywords you know what i mean All right. It just That's, it just um, says uh, and companies they're doing the same thing. They're just looking for keywords of what they want. Bear with me a second. No, no, yes. no, 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 so, no, no. Um, 
All right, so let's pick on Adam. Adam, I don't know if you're watching or not. But we're we're gonna pick on you right now. Um, so Adam at enduring games, a studio of experienced developers crafting interactive experiences, purpose built for next gen and current consoles. We provide high end co development and value add retargets. And all right, Adam, you're you're a little wordy there, but we're getting the picture. So is interested in they're looking for partner development co-development type work you know they're not doing straight outsource work they they are open to co-development and they even have their time zone which is actually awesome because in these digital events half the time you don't know what you know anyone's time zone is but i glossed over that at the beginning that's the thing that you've got to check in on and immediately do when you sign up the first time is going into your profile and making sure you have the right time zone set because that's going to dictate the rest of your um, the rest of your schedule. So you know, as we go through here, it's the company, and you can tell because it's the companies that are experienced with this. Game Pill, you know, we work with them. Mike's done these a lot. You know, this is exactly what they're looking for: publishing partner for one for Smashball. And a publisher partner for an early development hack and slash RPG. Crystal clear. No worries. If I'm a publisher and I need either one of those, I know immediately that's what it has to have. Um, and, and that's what you you absolutely have to do. So, you know, so games quality, they're not a developer. They're a QA firm. But this is another, I wouldn't put it in the first two sentences, but... What you see Tasha's done here, you know, she's got her email address to meeting or her Skype information. All of that is really good to have at these events because the reality is if someone, you know, wants to reach out to you, but your schedule is completely booked up, then you need to have another way for them to get a hold of you because they can still reach out to you outside of the event. You know, it's, well, Which has it, happened to me more than once. Yeah. More, yeah. <laughs> just just <laughs> happened to me. Um, that, you, you derailed my train of thought there, Andy. Um, have your information in there so that people can uh, yeah, reach yeah. out to you outside the event if your calendar is full. So either have your email address in there or what I do on mine is I do my bit.ly link. You know, not bit.ly link. I'm sorry. The um, Calendly link. So, you know, I'll say in the email that I send out to, uh, to to potential companies to meet with, this is, if you if we're booked up at the show, that's fine. Here's something where you can, you know, book a time to talk to me outside of the show. And it's a courtesy thing too. You know, you'll have companies that have a lot of people that they want to meet with. But if you give them an option in your, you know, meeting your intro email to say, here's, here's where you can meet me outside of the event then you're giving you're giving them the option of keeping a slot free on their calendar that normally would have been blocked off and they can still meet with you you know i've had several you know different companies at, at these events come back to me and they reject my uh, my meeting request but they say you know in the rejection it says hey i signed up for something i signed up for a time on calendar next week and so it's a, a good way of getting it out there without having to, you know, use up a slot or, 
you know, if someone's extremely busy or maybe, you know, that's not what they're looking for right now. And so one of the questions that we had on the discord earlier was, you know, if you're outsourcing, how do you stand out? And so outsourcing is different because partly because of, you know, <laughs> conference fatigue and just typically the way that conferences live and digital have gone for years, you will see a lot of publishers or even developers who have in their like program, in their description, we are not meeting with service providers. Now, you may not think of yourself as a service provider if you do audio work or art and animation, but you are. That's the reality of it. Uh, if you're an outsourced studio that's doing anything less than full-blown game development, most companies are going to consider you a service provider. So instead of sending them an invite that they're going to just immediately click and say, no, this isn't you know what we want to do. This isn't why we're here to meeting. Give them an option to sign up for something and meet you the next week or later in the week or some other time. Because... A lot of publishers are going to want to completely maximize their time at these events with finding new games, new content. They're not worried about a new QA solution or a new localization firm or audio work or video work. We have clients that do visual arts and audio stuff and they're fantastic, but it's not always easy to get them meetings at conferences because publishers and developers that's the main reason they're doing this. They're, they're going to find each other and everybody else is kind of like, okay, you're secondary. And so you need to, especially as a outsource studio or a service provider in general, you need to be able to say, hey, look, I know you're not looking to do these meetings now, but I'm interested in talking to you about what we do here's my email address or here's my calendar link and let's set up something later because the other aspect of it is that the person that is there who's doing the meeting for that publisher or that developer or whatever company it is may not be the person who does you know new tech or, or the audio gm or, or something like that it may not even be the right person so if you give them that secondary option then it lets them turn around and go back to the companies that they're talking to or the people internally and say, hey, look, I didn't meet with this team, but you can, here's what they do, here's their contact info, and you can still net a deal out of that where you wouldn't have normally. The reason that this is, you know, two years ago, you wouldn't have thought to, to put an email address or, you know, an external link in there because everybody was coming together at these conferences anyway. You wanted that FaceTime. And now we're not really getting that FaceTime anyway, except like literally through FaceTime. And you, you have more options. And so now it used to be, it used to be very taboo. I mean, it pissed off conference people. I mean, live conference people to this day, it, it, when they see so many people in town and so many industry folk like in the hotel lobbies and things like that, but they're not actually registered for the show. So they're not actually paying for the show, which is done all the time. But 
you know, the conference holders get angry because they're like, you're sitting here taking advantage of the networking that we're making available to you because of all these people coming together. But you didn't buy a ticket. You know, no one's paying us for this. We're not getting compensated. Digital events is different, you know, quite frankly, because we're not renting out conference centers. You know, we don't have huge catering budgets to take care of and events to organize and, you know, all the other stuff that goes around with a lot of contact. These are prime places to not only meet new studios, but introduce yourself. And then at the same time, go and, you know, learn something new, set up longer distance relationships, set up something for somebody else later on. Um, did you have something, Andy? You popped in. No, no, I'm good. Okay. I just want um, to show my beautiful face, that's all. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> all right, so... Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. when i put together my invites <laughs> yes. and so we just did ludicious and i have you know a very simple to the point email that i send out for calendar invites and it says you know i'd like to chat about a few things and then one two three four you know if this, if this company is interested in any of the developers, the games, the, the visual arts, audio specialists, you know, that are available to be hired or, you know, products. And I have a link that goes directly to our client PowerPoint deck uh, to find out more about what you're looking for this year. You know, just absolutely. This is where I'm saying, I just want to know what you're up to because, you know, as a consulting firm, I don't want to be sending you a bunch of projects that you're not interested in. I need to know what you want. And that helps me send you the right stuff. Uh, number three, uh, to discuss our indie game business initiative, you know, podcast, the discord, a little bit of stuff on that and a link that says, hey, look, you know, this is where you can see the podcast and this is our next event that's coming up. Um, and then fourth is a piece of bit from, I mean, a, some client tech that we've got that, you know, doesn't really fit into that whole, they're not a developer, they're not a publisher, they don't do visual arts, they have, um, it's, it's the Scooty store that, that we work with. And so it doesn't really, it really fit in any other category. So I put that in there too. And then at the bottom, it says, if you want to schedule something outside the event, you can do it here. And it's got my calendar link. So on your profile where the company profile is and the you know what you're looking for stuff that needs to be clear and concise because remember even though you got 250 some characters on your company profile and 500 and some in what you're looking for that's not all going to be shown until somebody clicks through and if they're not sold and interested in your company or your service in that first two sentences then they're not going to click through and see the rest of it. That's where you've got to be clear and concise. Look at that elevator pitch for your game. Look at that elevator pitch for your company. Um, 
then when you're doing your emails to request meetings, your messages on the system to request meetings, that's where you can be a little more verbose, but you still don't want to be sending, don't send people paragraphs of text. Nobody wants to read it. You know, they want to know, they don't, you know, they don't want to know the history of the Dwarven and Elf Wars in your RPG. They want to know that you're doing a fantasy-based RPG. And this is what your budget range is. You know, that's what you need to give them the absolute info that they're looking for very clearly so they can make a decision. Getting rejected for a meeting isn't always bad. What that may have done is simply, you know, saved you the time that you don't have to go back and, and deal with, you know, taking a half hour out of your schedule to meet with somebody that, that wasn't going to be a fit anyway. So you need to be doing your research properly, but you also need to make yourself very, very clear what you're doing and what you're looking for. And you have two sentences to do that. Any questions? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. So if you're out there, like I said, no matter what you're listening, watching, all that stuff on, um, if you've got a question, pop it in chat and we will get it answered. Um, all right. I'm going to unshare my screen for bloop, bloop. a moment. All right. So that's, that's the long and the short. It's not complete rocket science. You know, you simply need to make sure, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're clear on what you do. Don't put a lot of fluff in there. You know, you're up there, you're up on this platform with, you know, hundreds of other uh, developers, if you're a developer, and everybody knows that you're the best and you're the most cost effective and, and blah, blah, blah. That's not, those, those are features. Those aren't unique selling points. You really got to talk about the unique selling points of your studio and your project and, and what you're doing. And, and that's when people you'll stand out a little more little things with, you know, meet to match in particular, you'll notice when you go into the attendees thing, there'll be a star system beside their name. That is actually rating how, um, how frequently they check in and respond to requests. And it's basically their rating of how the word is completely evading me right now, how engaged they are in the platform. So, you know, if you're going in there and you see somebody or someone sees you and you've only got like one star next to your game next to your name, they're trying to figure out, okay, if I'm going to meet with this studio or this studio, the other studio has got three or four stars by their name. Me personally, I'm going to send it to that three or four star because it, I know that they're engaged in the platform. I know that they are looking at these requests. If I send it to you, I could be blocking off time on my schedule and, you know, have, have no one responding to it because that's the most annoying thing out of all of this is when you send stuff and it just, it sits, it sits in your pending for however long and you don't actually get a meeting out of it. Uh, and we had a lot, I mean, to be blunt, we had a lot of that in the uh, March show because we had so many people who were planning on being at the 
physical event. And then when COVID hit and GDC got canceled and, and flights got stopped and everything like that, we merged everybody to the online event, but people didn't read their emails. And that's basically what it boiled down to. They didn't read their emails. They didn't realize it was a digital event and they just stopped responding and stopped looking at everything. And, you know, we sent multiple messages to all of these people and they just, you know, if, if people aren't reading their email, you can't really help them. That's just the reality of it. We, we can't sit down and call every single person that was on there and, you know, 450 some companies and be like, Hey, uh, don't forget to check. Cause we're all digital. But I literally had invites that I sent and I, it said, Hey, let's meet. Here's my Skype name. Here's my Google meets, you know, hang out, whatever the link was. And I would have people respond and say, well, we're not going to go because of the pandemic. Can we do this meeting on Skype? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I said in the message that you I sent you, but you didn't read it. So <laughs> hey, we got a question. You want to field this one here? Yeah, sure. All right. All right let's see. This one is from Pamela. Uh, is it recommended or required to include pitches, videos, et cetera, in the invitation for publishers or just a good and for publishers, publishers, or just a good, inf, uh, good intro? That is a really good question. Some publishers actually do require it. It's not a bad idea. It's actually a really good idea. If you have a gameplay video, then yes, add it in there. Um, we did this last week. I mean, if, if you saw the show, we had, we had Liam on for the Pitch Your Game initiative, which was amazing i forget the stats on how many you know pitches went out there and the engagement i know liam's got them somewhere but it was an absolute you know just wave of pitches and somebody asks like what's the ideal pitch on twitter and that twitter is a fantastic place to test your pitch because you can't put you know yeah you're limited paragraph yeah that using twit longer to do your pitch is not, that's not fair. That's cheating. And it's not going to help you any, but you know, what I said was the one or yeah, preferably one sentence summary of your game. And the most basic way to do that is, um, now I got to think of a game. It, it's basically game a meets game B, but with, X and the X is that unique twist that you're putting on it. Uh, we talked on one of the marketing shows where you got 60% is something that everybody knows and loves. 40% is something that, you know, is an evolution on that original genre. 10% is something that's completely new, you know? So if you look at. That's 110%. The, did I do 110%? So yes. 60, 30, 10, not 60, 40, 10. <laughs> I was an English major. I don't do math. <laughs> leave, me, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I, I said, do your elevator pitch. One sentence summarizes your game. Then have a GIF or a screenshot of your game and then a link to your uh, store page on Steam if you have one or wherever the game is, if it's on mobile, whatever it may be. That's the ideal thing. So, yes, if you're a developer and you're pitching your game, you don't necessarily need to have it in the uh, uh, your company profile or your 
the stuff in your, your profile part. I mean, you can, but don't eat up that first two sentences of, of space you have with it. But when you're sending it out to publishers, then yes, absolutely. If you got a gameplay video, you know, put it in there so they can see exactly what they're looking at. And then there's all kinds of, I mean, we can deep dive into whole gameplay videos. We've got a couple of folks that I want to get on the show to talk about this, but you know, there's a, an art to doing that. And so, you know, I saw some videos during the pitch a game thing. And it's like, <laughs> you have five seconds. That's roughly how long you have on a video. And, you know, I saw several, it's like eight seconds in. And I was like, oh my God, okay, get to what you're talking about. Because it was just like splash screen, company logo, you know, all of this stuff that had nothing to do with the game. You know, when you are pitching, when you have that gameplay video, Yes, you need to have your company logo and all of that stuff in it, but it needs to be at the back. They already know who's making the game. They clicked on your you know, email invite. They're not worried about trying to figure that out. Your video needs to go straight to the action. And the more variation you can show in there, the better off. Um, but yeah, long story short, yes, it's actually a really good idea to have that sort of stuff. The, I mean, screens and videos in your pitch. You know, I see that on, uh, like, if you go to Steam and, and on uh, Steam videos, right, for a game, you click on it and you go to watch the game and then it's like 10 seconds of logos. Yeah. Why? Why would you put put your logos at the end if you're going to do it? Or make a little one on the screen or something. Just bam, jump into the excitement. Because you got, you got those, what, five, 10 seconds to excite people why would you do it with your logo you know you want yeah. your very very most awesome stuff bam right in your face oh my god this is awesome they'll I mean, figure out the name of the studio later well i mean but th that's the thing it's like nine times out of ten they already know the name of the studio right twitter yeah. pitch sci-fi competitive competitive p pve battle royale don't at me but has there been a PVE? Is there a PVE battle royal game? It kind of defeats the purpose of a battle royal game if it's all PVE, right? Player versus everyone? Player versus environment. It's like a single player game versus player versus player. PVE is PVE would be you and a whole lot of AI. But I don't know if there I've never played is the Fortnite Save the World a PVE battle royal? I have no idea. No clue. But well, there's no got, NPCs. Oh well, I guess there is NPCs, right? In what? Save the world. I don't know. I've literally never played it. Now, my, my son wants to <laughs> wants to get it because he can get skins and earn V bucks in it. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you get V bucks by grinding. Yeah, good, good job, Epic. You, you've got them an absolute hook on it there's a free pvp pvevp game on the epic game store but it's like single foot right I, I don't know dave are you being sarcastic about that being fortnite or are you like serious single player plus multiplayer in a battle royal i don't know all right maybe not it's called cycle see Let's all go play it right now. That's what I'm, I'm like looking because I'm curious. 
Um, but but that's what you. That's a good example. It's like, would that have been a good elevator pitch? And I know Dave's not your game. I'm not worried about it. But I don't, that was confusing to me. Anyone to have any question at all about, you know, what you're making. And so here's the other one. And I saw this during the event too. And I've seen this in, in pitches to me. Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> right. It's like the very first thing on the Epic store. Um, the cycle season three. So you, when you're making these analogies and let me see if there's a game that I can find that I can do a really quick analogy with. All right. So borderlands, let's look at borderlands. If we want to dial it way back to when borderlands is, is doom meets Diablo in a post-apocalyptic world. You got first person shooter meets loot grabber. Now we call them, Shoot, shoot, looter, shooter, looter, shooter, looter. for them now, but that's what you're doing. It, it's like, okay, here's one kind of game that, that you know, and, and here's another game that you know. Put them together, and then we're adding a twist. The catch to that is the that you know part, because if you go in and you reference things that maybe all you know very familiar to you, but not so much the rest of the world, it doesn't do you any good. So I, I had a team reach out to me during the pitch and match things because I said, you know, during the middle of it, I said, hey, DM me and I'll, I'll give you feedback on your pitch. And one company did, and they said, it's, if I think I remember it correctly, it was Dead Cells meets something I had never heard of. And I was like, okay, I had to Google that. And it was a, you know, it's a fairly popular manga anime I can't remember if it was a comic book or or a different game, but it was a very much a niche product, and so you know the masses aren't going to see it. Yes, if you if you happen to you know send that to the publisher who knows exactly what all that is, then yes, bang on, you're done. You've got you a good a good match. But you have to realize, you know, when you're dealing with a couple hundred different publishers, that they're not all going to you know know what the most niche things are. And so, you know, you've got to boil it back into something that's fairly mainstream. And that's, that's the catch. Um, I, I think you're muted, Andy. I wasn't saying anything. Oh, okay. I'm looking at two different feeds. One was probably late then. Um, yeah. So... McJohn asked, what are your thoughts on starting your game with a company intro? If the game starts with it, that's completely different. That's fine. Absolutely fine. They've already bought it at that point. You're not trying to sell it to anybody. You know, that is, you know, no problem there. But when you're starting your video, your and whether you're putting it on the internet or especially if it's on your Steam page, you don't need to rehash who you are because they're looking at it right there. It's on your Steam page. Um, but you know that's the when it's actually in the game that they purchased. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Mm. Um, all right. So what else? It's like we have rambled on for an hour, like already. I know it's crazy. How about a demo? Demo is fine too, because it, at the demo stage, you are, you know, again, they're already engaged. They've already downloaded. 
the goal of your elevator pitch or your GIF or your video is to get them to download it. Right. Once they've downloaded it, you're good to go. You know, you can put the, the logo in there, the splash screens, whatever you need. The, the point is not to put it in the videos that are out there because if you draw out the cool stuff too long or draw out everything before the cool stuff, people are going to lose interest. So you need to be able to, you know, jump in. And remember, everybody's got a short attention span these days. Everybody is like competing with everything else out there for attention. And so you absolutely need to put the cool stuff in, but don't, you know, so if you're, one of the videos I saw recently was for a platformer and it nearly showed like an entire level. It was like 20 seconds of the character running in the same level. And even that isn't ideal. You want to show the variation in the art style, show the different abilities. You always want to show the in-game stuff, show the cool stuff where you have all the guns and all the explosions and all the visual effects. And, you know, fairies are getting their wings blown off and dragons are dying and falling from the sky. All the cool stuff needs to be in there in like that first five or 10 seconds. So you do quick little takes so you can see what's going on. And at the same time, you get a sense of the end part of the game as well. Yes, we know we're not going to start with all this cool shit, but we're going to end up with it. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. The, um, all right. So what I, I just saw Danny uh, had a question. Well, uh, Dave, Dave right here, Dave Killerish, is it a good idea to even describe your game in a pitch as this game plus that game versus describing in depth the genre mechanics? Yes, it's a good idea. And I had somebody ask me last week, do you, do you run the risk of getting in like copyright trouble? And you don't. I mean, you're referencing something, you're not copying it. So, you know, the most common example, and this is like, once again, I'm going to show my age. The best example to me has always been the original Rainbow Six. And yes, this was 20 years ago. <laughs> but, you know, I was, our agency was down in Durham, really close to the to Red Storm. And so we did a, like a local, you know, get together type thing. And uh, I sit down and I'm like, okay, somebody else is doing a first person shooter. Yay. What's the big deal? And, you know, the developer said, well, because it's a, it is a first person shooter, but before you do it, you go through an entire tactical map of this is where everybody's coming in. So you plan your assault. You don't just like run in there guns blazing. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what you have to do. You, you've got to have something unique you know, about the game. It's got to have that twist in it. You know, if you're going out there and you're building another, you know, platformer, Dead Cells, Hollow Knight, Celeste type game, you're really going to have to work on why people should be playing that versus these other games that have sold millions and millions of copies because they're awesome. And they're cheaper than yours is right now. So is somebody going to spend 20 bucks on your new game or five bucks on one that's been out for a couple of years does the same thing and it's they already know it's way better. Uh, or at least they always assume it's, it's way better. So it is a good one because if what happens if you go in and you start describing the game as in-depth genre mechanics, the problem is you just killed your elevator pitch when you said the word in-depth. Nobody wants in-depth. After you get them interested, then you can go in-depth. But if you're going through and you think through your product and what you're doing, 
and the type of game that you're going for, you should be able to come up with two games that are that have influenced it in some way, shape, or another. And if they are at least moderately well-known games, then it's easy. You by describing those two games or by naming those two games, you've already described the mechanics. You know, it's Rainbow Six would have been what it's um what was a good strat tactical game back then? Syndicate? I don't know. Two different games, mash them together, have something unique. But yeah, it, it is much better to to do that as a name title one and title two than it is to go in depth when you're in the elevator pitch. Once yeah. you're in that meeting, if you want to elaborate, go ahead. But here's a good one right here. First. Here's a good one. Uh, can your game be too unique? Like uh, before Pokemon Go came out, what do you think that pitch might look like? Pokemon Go isn't unique. Yes, your game can be unique. But if it is too unique, then you have a problem. Because if you can't describe to me in two sentences what your game is about without me having at least an 80% comprehension on what it is, then you don't know your audience and you haven't thought it through. So yeah, uh, Pokemon, there was a ton of games like Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go came out. Uh, Halo beats Banjo-Kazooie. So, I mean, Pokemon Go, there was literally nothing unique about it, except for the fact that it has Pokemon in it. You know, every friend of mine, when that came out, you know, I would get messages and they're like, remember that game idea I told you about two years ago? That's it. I'm like, I know. You know, 15, was it 15 years ago? It was right now. It must have been like 10, 10, 11 years ago. We were doing, I was doing some consulting for a company that was making a Pokemon Go game. We had, we would go out and get uh, like major movie, movie studios and theaters to run these promotions. And then you would literally go around town, scan QR codes at different sponsors of theirs or other people that were involved in the promotion. And then when you got back, if you had, we did it with Iron Man, the original Iron Man, I believe. So you had to go around town, scan five or six different QR codes at different businesses. So we're driving, you know, customers to these businesses. The each QR code was worth a different piece of his armor when you got back to the movie theater and you scanned the final one it checked if you had all of his armor you got entered into a drawing for something i forgot what it was but there was absolutely nothing unique about pokemon go yeah pokemon go actually used the tech from another game yeah like for all the locations what was the name of it the other nine was it? Around for years it was like in inverness or god i can't remember what it was I called. but yeah i mean that that's another good point it, it, was, it was literally not even built unique it was built on top of Niantic's other game that had been around for years. Um, I saw Pokemon Go pitch. Walk around your neighborhood and catch Pokemon on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That, uh, is, okay. that is the literally the pitch right there. And then you go into details of how it looks and it's augmented reality and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, oh, yeah. Dan Danny didn't have a question. Danny was saying, yeah, you are contractually obligated generally to have a publisher splash screen. So, yeah, mm -hmm. in, in your game, it's going to be fine because the publisher and everybody else is going to want it there, too. I mean, how many games have you booted up? And it's like <laughs> eight different splash screens of, of companies and technology that are in there before you actually get to the game. It's, it's right. completely different once you're in the game itself. <clears throat> 
Any other questions? We got anything else? Good. Awesome. Mm, everyone's looking good. I think this was a fun one. Um, oh, I was looking to see what do we got next week there or next uh, Friday. Oh, yeah, we have the developer from um, the Middle East. Yep. Which is, let me look here. Coast, Coast, we have uh, from Kosov, I don't know how to pronounce it, Kosov Studio. Yeah. K H O S O U F. I'll learn how to pronounce it, I'm sure, by then. That's what we got on. Uh oh. <laughs> are you still on your stream and i'm like yeah if i have these on i am <laughs> so bottom line the original question was there's a lot of digital events how do you make sure your company and your game stand out so step one make sure you're going to the right digital events make sure that when you sign up for one of these that you're going to be able to actually find the type of people that you're looking for and you're going to be able to reach out and, and connect with them. Step two, you know, all of these platforms are different. So you have to look at it. But, you know, on the meet to match platform, you know, that's what we went through. You have you need to fill out your profile first before you do anything else. Fill out your profile. And on our event and the other meet to match events, make sure that you are going in and setting your time zone because it's going to save you a whole hell of a lot of headache yeah. you know, if you don't. And, and here's the pro tip for, for setting your calendar. The system that, that's currently there to go and block off time slots, because when you sign up, you're basically going to have 24 hours of slots for three days straight. And you don't want meetings at two in the morning while you're sleeping. And so you can go through and, and block off each one individually, but it gets cumbersome. So here's what you do. At the top of your calendar, there is a little block unblock for the whole day. Do that block block the whole day and then go unblock the time. Then go back and unblock the ones that you want open. It's quicker. There's not as much verification, and it 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 will take you like thirty seconds versus ten minutes. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a huge flip in that. But first things first, get your profile done. Pick your times. Put no your, fluff in the info. First couple second sentence, explain what it is exactly or what you're doing or what depends on. I mean, explain the studio, explain what you're looking for. Yeah. Because it doesn't show all of the text. It just shows a little teeny bit on the main page. All right. So Zero Vapor has got a question and it's a good one. And we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I will absolutely hit it again. So, so what about companies that are not game developers that are attending the conferences? So this falls into that service provider area. Um, if you want to know why a lot of these service providers are always the sponsors for these shows, because it's the easiest way they can get visibility because a lot of people don't want to meet with them while they're there. So what you do is this, the same two things still hold true. Your profile needs to be, you know, it, it needs to be complete, but it needs to be crystal clear in the first two sentences, what your company does. And then the same in the profile section, you know, what you're looking for. What or yeah yeah what you're looking for and I'm not gonna I, I know exactly who, who you are and I'm not going to out everything on here, but 
you need to have more than just I am a blank type of outsourced studio. Why are you different? Why are you unique? And it needs to be there in that first two sentences. And you need to realize that there's a high probability that a lot of the companies that are at the conference, developers and publishers alike, are going to not want to meet with service providers. So when you're sending those invites to have meetings, go to Calendly or there's another one that uh, that Ed uses and I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it's one of these services that it links into your calendar and people can automatically set up an event. I mean, set up a meeting. You can actually do it in Google Doc. I mean, Google Calendar, if you want to, you can set up the same thing and you don't have to worry about it anyway. But how yeah, that's Calendly works through Google calendars too. Yeah, so. but you can actually you can actually set Google calendars to do it because that's what I do with the show. You know, I uh -huh. send people a special calendar link so they can go and pick the day they want to be on it. And that's how we're doing the um, the scheduling for the speakers at the August event. It's like I don't have time to sit down and figure out the best track progression through everything at our digital event for speakers. So I literally just sent people a, a calendar. It's like pick your slot. Very easy. When do you want to talk? And you know, you, you do it like that, but have something, you know, that's available for them to meet you outside of the show, because I am willing to bet you, you're going to have a lot of interest in what you're doing, but people are going to want to talk about it the next week, not like during the show, because developers, especially indie devs are going to be pushing hard to try to find a publisher and publishers are, are going to be looking for for new content, not necessarily, you know, really cool tools that can save them time. Um, so put it in there. The first two sentences of both what you're looking for and your profile need to be like dead on. And then you can elaborate in the email, the, the request that you send. Uh, but always have a thing at the bottom that says, hey, if your schedule is full or you're not meeting with service providers at the show, here's my calendar link. Here's a link to my calendar. Here's my email address. Let's set something up for next week because you will get a lot more of those probably. Uh, here's the other question. Would it be better to give a talk if possible? I think it's always a good idea that if you can give a talk to always give a talk every single time you possibly can ever. Is, is that a hint? Is that what you're, uh, <laughs> what you're getting at there? The um, Speaking of that, yes, we are still open. We're actually still taking... Um, submissions for talks and he left me that's okay i think i have the link right here um maybe i do not i thought i had it he left but yeah i think it's always good to always 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 do a talk whenever you can i am not much of a talker but there we go now you're back yeah, the thing about StreamYard is that if I click off the tab and it closes, <laughs> it kicks me out of the stream. All right, so if you are interested in being a speaker at the August event, there's the link. Um, what topics are we looking for? Hold on, I can tell you. All of I the topics. To no, I don't. Um, We're still looking for some can community you post that on management. What's that? Can you post that on LinkedIn too? I can't copy and paste it out of StreamYard. Uh, and it doesn't um, post on LinkedIn. I'm not even in LinkedIn right now. But yeah, I can. Okay. So 
yes, if you can give a talk, that's going to be better. In your particular case, you have to be careful. And I'm not talking about our event. I know, I know what you're doing. I know we're, we're all good there. And I'll absolutely look at seeing if there's a fit to get you in there. But the majority of these companies are going to want a, um, like they reserve spots like that for speakers under sponsorships. So if they feel that what you're going to be talking about is too salesy, then they won't let you do it. They will. Uh, it's kind of like coming on the show, right? If, if, if you want to come on the show and talk about topics, we are all for that, but we don't really like, you know, and we'll talk about your game or product or whatever, but we won't just like, okay, go there, go do this, go do this. We're not, you know what I mean? So if you want to come on the show and you have a subject you would like to talk about, then please do come on the show. Okay. So we need community building crowdfunding, but maybe not. Um, Anna Combs, who, Anya Combs, who is the director of games at Kickstarter, is going to be giving a talk on... And she's going to be on the show. Everything you wanted to ask about a Kickstarter. I'm super excited about that. Um, I am too. It's cool. I, and I talked to her last week, and she's... Um, she she's got a fun job. <laughs> so let me put it that way. She's in charge of video games and board games, and I'm like, oh. um, Discord management. We need a couple of folks who are really good at managing and building out their Discord to come and share some information. Let's see, self publishers, self publishing talks, uh, working with IP, running indie studios. We're going to have AMAs on a lot of this, but we don't have any specific talks on it. And so I'm reading off these categories because that's what I did. I, I literally, if you were on the Discord server a couple of months ago, I said, what do you want to hear? You know, We're going to keep it all based on you know, uh, business licensing and marketing. We're not doing tech talks or, or art talks or design talks or anything like that. This is all going to be about business. And what did you want? And so I went through all of those responses and built these different categories that I'm looking for. And so um, there are, we've got almost everyone covered, but I want more coverage. So I would, I would like to end up with two or three different talks for each one of these sections. Um, and I don't want it to be like, me and Indy, you know, giving the talks at the end of the day so we can get it all in there. That would defeat the purpose. Um, but in reality, if you've got good knowledge to share about the distribution, marketing, licensing, anything along those lines that goes into helping you actually work as a studio versus just a hobby, then yeah, we'll absolutely look at it and, and give it a shot and, and see if there's a fit for you. And if you think uh, maybe, man, the stuff that I know, everybody knows, it's probably not the case. Not no, 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 so. no. If probably that was the case, the we case. wouldn't have this show. Yeah. What, what's that cup? Is that a Star Wars this cup? This is from my lovely friends and clients at Bad Rhino Studios. It says, I hate people. And it's got a grizzly bear drinking a beer. 
It is like <laughs> the most perfect for me ever. And uh, that was sent to me by a client. And love you, Ryan. That was awesome. I'm, 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 the paint is starting to chip off the bottom of this thing. I use it so much. Um, so, yeah, the other thing is if you send us a good submission and we just don't have room for it at the event, we'll have you on the show. Yeah. The reason we didn't have speakers for the last year and a half is because I was looking around. I'm going, okay, look, we do all of this shit on the show. Why do we need to have speakers in an event? But then so many people were like, we need to have speakers. We want to hear speakers. So I'm like, all right, fine. We'll do speakers. Yeah. We're just going to keep it very focused. And it's, it's all going to be about the business licensing and marketing side of it. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see how Andy figures out how we're going to do it too. Oh, I, I got to mm. figure it out in my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things I have figured out in my head, Andy. Yeah. All right. Um, take, take time to get it set up and you're going to have to align some stars and you know what I mean? And pray for and have some faith. That's yeah. how it's going to happen. Yes. And, and listen, we all want to be sending good vibes to Indy today because he's got a very important meeting coming up and we, we want him to do well. So anyway, yeah, with that, I mean, I think that covers it. You all know if you have questions about this at any point in time, just ping me on Discord, send me an email. I am more than happy. You can send me a tweet, <laughs> but I suck at checking Twitter. So you might not get an answer for a couple yeah. of days. Um, but emails, uh, yeah, Discord, discord.gg slash indie game business. You can also uh, follow us on the social medias, facebook.com slash indie game business and twitter.com slash business indie and all of the podcasts. This one is going to be up there soon. It's going to be on anchor.fm slash indie game business. Also, if you don't know anything about the, uh, San Francisco summer edition, meet to match an indie game business conference. Just go to IndieGame.Business. Jay made it so easy. IndieGame.Business. The internet made it easy. That was the internet, yeah. And I'm gonna, we've got a, a another wave of speakers that I'll be putting up on there soon. It's literally just a matter of me having time to sit down and do it. So we have a lot of really cool people. Um, yeah, and keep an eye out on the, uh, the social medias because I have been posting... Um, uh, I've been posting who the speakers are. So learn about the speakers. You'll see them. Yeah. Just look on Twitter or Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah, there's in-depth descriptions of who they are, what they do, what they're going to talk about, all that good stuff. So keep an eye on that. Alrighty. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great, whatever it's Wednesday. Have a great hump day. We'll see you on Friday. And then next week I'm going to be out of town. So, um, I don't what? think that's going to be a show, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I scheduled one because you said that you weren't a hundred percent sure if you were going to be out of town yet. So I oh, scheduled yeah. it anyway, but luckily due to the handy dandy tech that we use now, uh, you should be able to do it. Yeah, I can, I can handle it. I can handle it. Andy. Okay. I won't screw this up. Maybe. Just like what happened today is like, oh, it's not going to LinkedIn. You can just like close it and then restart it. And then it starts, started right up. So LinkedIn got most of the podcast, but at least it worked. At least it didn't just stop. Like if with OBS, it would have just like been done. And then it never even would have got there. So that was good. I can do it. 
You can do it. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, All right. Thanks. Stay, stay away from each other and wear your mask. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My wife has a shirt that says, if I can turn around and punch you in the face, you're too close to me. <laughs> exactly. Bye, everybody. See y'all. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business. <laughs>